welcome again to a million dollar career where we show you how to plan build and supercharge your own million dollar career and I have with me today my returning guest host mr craig pickin craig is Rob? president of north star search group based in wilmington north carolina an industry leading recruiting firm specializing in aviation aerospace so how are you doing this morning craig what's happening rob getting ready for saratoga I, I I am ready for a boys' weekend in Saratoga. Be, uh... <laughs> if there's anybody out there that's going to be at Saratoga Racetrack in New York for the Travers, watch out, man. There you go. Can't wait. Man. We've got we've got our lawn chair. We've got our cooler ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to put all professionalism aside for three days. How's exactly, that? man. So hey, uh, so how's the beach, man? Have you been out there? Yeah, it's been good. Um, it's been great. Last weekend, the waves were up. I've been there this week. It's been kind of rainy here, but uh, beach is good. Labor Day weekend's coming up. Summer's kind of coming to an end. You can feel it. All the kids are going back to school. Great, man. Um, you know, my kid's uh, back in college now. Well, one's one's back in school. The other one starts this week, I think. So, Oh, nice, man. Hey, so I want to talk about this new rage now amongst uh workers sort of a spin-off of the great resignation which we've talked about but this thing this whole notion of quiet quitting quiet, it's amazing i've been reading about quiet quitting i saw a couple i saw, i read about it in the wall street journal i saw a couple of uh newscasts on it and it it just makes me think the world is losing its mind i used to listen to npr a lot with Nina Totenberg back before it just became way off the deep end. But they did a special on quiet quitting on Friday on as I was driving home from work. And uh, pretty, pretty interesting what's going on. The, the, this whole notion of quiet quitting for those of, of you know, who don't know, it's essentially people are, are now just putting in their eight hours a day. They're not going above and yeah. beyond the, the, the call of duty. They're essentially just doing the bare minimum uh, because they have outside interest. There's a lot of reasons why people are doing this, but that's essentially what's going on now. People, 64% of the people now admit that at work, they're just laying down doing the bare they're minimum. Just, they're doing what they're going to, they're doing what they're doing. And, and, and look, I get it. I mean, I get it. It's rise and grind. You know, we are, we are a rise and grind nation. Right. And we have been, you know, this is what, you know, I think what, makes the United States different than anywhere in the world is we are a rise and grind nation. Yeah. And that's why as a country, we innovate, you know, we are always, you know, we're competitive. We're always innovating. You come, you, you see you know, new technologies coming out of Silicon Valley. And, and I don't know what to, I don't know what to say other than that. You're, it's, you know, yes, we are a rise and grind nation. Yeah. And, I think the pandemic had a little bit to do with it too, because I think there's a lot of people during the pandemic really uh, took stock of themselves and their place in the world, both in the workplace and at home, and have really throttled it back and, you know, are thinking now more of work-family balance and that they have people that they lost to COVID or got very yeah. sick. So it just gives people a whole different perspective. So yeah, well, I can definitely see some of the causes of it. Absolutely. You know, people are like, hey, look, you know, I, I want, I, I don't want to be a stranger to my kids. I get it. I don't want to be putting in 70-hour work weeks. I yeah. get it. I don't want to be on the train 
an hour, an hour and a half each way to get to the office. I get it. You know, it, it, and I don't disagree with it. Um, I don't disagree with it. Um, I think what you're finding now is once again, it comes down to this uniqueness of, you know, businesses are figuring out, Hey, look, you know, how much remote can we tolerate? Yeah. How much, you know, do we need to be in the office two days a week versus five? Okay. Yeah. Does the, does the person in AR really need to come to the office or can she or he just do their job from home? Or, I think it, you know, business leaders are having to sit there and think about their teams and saying, okay, you know, what do we really need to do yeah. you know, to get the right people? Or to get Here's something I'm seeing too, and you tell me if you don't see this in the aerospace and aviation business, but I know particularly amongst small to medium-sized insurance firms, I see a lot of situations where people call me and will explain to me, hey, you know, we used to have three people in my department, and one person retired, and the other one's on paternity leave or maternity leave. And so we went from three full-time people to one and a half or maybe two. Yep. And the work's increasing. But you know what? The owner's not going to hire anybody else. So now I'm doing like right. twice as much as I used to. Yep. And I don't even have a, I, I don't even get a pat on the back. So why should I, you know, work 60 hours a week when yep. the owner's still making all the money? He's driving a Cadillac. He's going on vacations. But here I am grinding away in the office. I totally, Fridays, you know. I totally agree with it. And I think it comes down to, you know, look, it comes down to this. It comes down to hard conversations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it comes down to the person having, you know, you know, look, life, you know, life without conflict is not life. And you have to have hard conversations. And if your boss is down, if your boss decided that the department of three working 40 hours a week, 120 man hours can now be done with two and 120 man hours. It's time for somebody to have a hard conversation. Yeah. And it's like, yo boss, somebody left, you were paying them a hundred grand a year. You're asking everybody else to step up, but we're not seeing anything for it. Something needs to change. I think you're right. Uh, and this goes back to some of our previous podcasts that we've done about how to handle an annual review, how to handle your relationships with your boss, how to fire your boss, how to manage your boss. I, you know, yeah. I think a lot of it is exactly what you said. Sometimes it's on you, the worker, to go to your boss and say, yeah. hey, listen, we need to have an honest conversation about what you just said exactly. You know, we're short-staffed. I'm working too hard. I'm not working on the right things. But too many times people don't want to have that conversation. You, but you have to have to. the courage to sit down and have that conversation. You're exactly they're, right. they're afraid to. They're afraid to. And yeah. and and look, there's a there's a lot of reasons they're afraid to. And 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 you know, it's easy for us to sit there and say, "Hey, you grow some," and have a tough conversation. But the balance is now the balance is now where the balance was in, you know, the employer's pocket. The balance is now shifting to very yeah. talented people can now say, yo, this ain't right. I, I'm not going to work 60 hours a week and collect 40 hours of pay. Yeah. But but it, this goes back. It's funny because I, I keep thinking back to when I was in real estate development. And 
a cohort of mine was selling a house for, you know, a billionaire. And the billionaire egos, it was a billionaire buying a house from a billionaire. And the billionaire egos got into a $60,000 pissing contest. And it was over a hole in a roof. And my cohort looked at the guy selling his mansion and says, you got a hole in your roof. It's $60,000 to fix it. Yeah, if you want this deal, pay the 60,000 bucks, fix the roof. And the guy was balking. <laughs> and the hard conversation was from my buddy to the seller of this house was mansion was, if this guy walks away, you still have a hole in your roof. And the next person that comes along, is it going to forget or not yeah. notice that you have a hole in the roof? Right. So, you know, once again, it comes down to, you know, I think the moral of that story is understanding where your power is in the conversation. It's like, I am working 40 hours a week. I am getting paid 60 or I'm getting working 60 hours a week. I'm getting paid for 40. If I leave the cost for you to replace me will, will not be insignificant. You're not going to have someone walk right into my shoes and be hit the ground running because that, you know, that just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, and the fact is that you're, you know, you're just, you know, happy. I mean, you think about from the people that are quiet quitting, if they would just shift the conversation to something like, Hey, look, you know, here's where my strength is in this whole dynamic. It's not a, it's not a hard conversation or confrontational conversation. It's a realistic conversation. Here's the value I bring your business. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's always been very uh, thought provoking when I look back on my career in real estate too. Way back in 1980s, I had several bosses who would see me, you know, after I had departed the company, working for somebody else. I'd see them at a conference and something, and they would always say, "Rob, you know, you should have spoke up more." You should have come into my office. You should have asked me for the promotion. You should have asked me for more responsibility. But to be honest with you, I'm really sorry. But during those days, we had a lot of a lot of stuff going on, mergers, acquisitions. I was just really busy. Mm-hmm. If you had just come into my office and talked to me, you'd probably still be working for me. So uh, I, I know it's easy for us to say because we've been in the business world for 35, 40 years. But, you know, for people that are in their late 20s, early 30s, You've got to own your career. You've got to own your personal life. So you, it's up to you to go in and if, lay down the markers in a very if, respectful way. If you are not watching out for your career, nobody is exactly. watching. Out. I am too busy. Right. You know, I've, you know, people have, who have 20, 30, 40, 50 person teams are too busy to watch out for your career. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's something you need to watch out for your personal career. But here's kind of the, you know, so, so I'm going to, you know, the quiet quitting thing. Let's go back to it. And here's the danger in quiet quitting. Yeah. You know, the clock doesn't stop. Right. <laughs> Every day we get a little older and a little older and a little older. And then one day you hit, you know, 50, 60, and you're a manager. In your company, you've been there 25 years, 30 years, and the best you could do is become a manager because, you know, 
that's that's what you aspired to be. Yeah. Well, over the years, they started yet a hundred grand, and then they, you know, you got your your three percent merit raises, and then one day the company wakes up and says, "This person we're paying two hundred thousand dollars to to be a manager can be replaced by a thirty-year-old." Right. I mean, time and, is your uh, best asset, but it's also your worst enemy. We time don't is your waste best. time. Yeah. Well, I think it comes down to you know the the you know realistic expectations. I remember in the Great Recession. You know, that's where it affected older workers the most. It affected older workers. And you'd see, you know, I, I remember reading heartbreaking stories about people that were, you know, late 50s. And they're saying they'd sent out hundreds of resumes and they couldn't get any bites because people would sit there and say, hey, your your your, your compensation expectations are pretty high. You were, you know, you, you did you, you did okay, nothing special. Um, and those were the people that got left behind. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, I think that's where the challenge, you know, now look, if you're quiet quitting and you're doing, you better be socking away, you know, you just better be saying, okay, I'm going to do what it needs to do. But, you know, your boss recognizes that you, your boss recognizes that too. They yeah, see, think, they see you're doing enough to, they see you're doing enough to get by. Yeah. The other thing is, I, I think this quiet quitting is, is sort of a false metaphor for setting more boundaries at work too. I do. You know, like like uh I don't know about you, Craig, but when you own your own business, you have to set boundaries or else you'll be working 18 hours a day, seven days a week, and and you'll get burned out. So mm -hmm. one of the things I coach people on is setting boundaries and working in blocks of time, even like working really hard on something for an hour to take a 15 minute break, work on yeah. something intensely for two or three hours, and then take a, you know, an hour and a half off to work out or work intensively for four days, and then take Friday off, you know, you have to set boundaries, yeah. and focus. Well, I That's think, one way yeah, no, and I, and I totally agree with you. I, I absolutely totally about setting boundaries. And this is the, you know, this is where we change the rise and grind to, I will rise and grind to a point but everything has limits. And, I, you know, look, this is probably, you know, my, my wife and I think talk about this a lot. When our kid, I've got, you know, you know, I've got twins, Rob, and, you know, Riley and Maddie, and they were premature. And when they were infants, we brought them home from the hospital. They, you know, and we got them out of the NICU and, and it was pure hell. We didn't have any, you know, we had nobody, the kids, they were screaming one day and I looked at Lisa and I was like, either we get a control of them right now, or they control us for the rest of our lives. Exactly. And it was like, it was like this epiphany. Holy yeah. smokes. And, you know, so what happened? We set a schedule. You know, everything was a military schedule. We set boundaries for the, you know, we set boundaries for our lives at every stage of the game. And I think that, you know, look, I think that it's okay for people to turn off their phones yeah. their emails at six o'clock at night because nobody's going to die if that email between between the answer between the hours of if you're in normal business between the hours of 6 p.m and 8 a.m the next day nobody's going to die if that email isn't answered exactly yeah 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 no you know uh you know, yeah nobody's going to die if that phone call you know goes to voicemail or that text just yeah you text somebody and you say hey yeah. i'm with my kids at a soccer game I'll talk to you tomorrow. You know, everybody, everybody respects that. 
Yeah, the other thing about this whole notion of quiet quitting, too, is, uh, I mean, when you get out of college, you really have to figure out what really excites you, too. I mean, you, you really have to do your own career planning. You have to be the master of your destiny because, you know, if you're working in a government job and you're just putting in time and you have no interest in it, really, yeah, you're going to have an increased chance of of the quiet quitting thing. But I mean, if, if you're doing something that you love doing, you know, I mean, sort of like you and I, I love recruiting. Uh, it's a passion. I do it because I want to help people and make money. But a lot of times... I'm not even looking at the clock. It's like seven o'clock at night. I'm like, geez, I better turn this thing off here. You know, I've been, yeah, I've been no, going I, at it for 12 hours. I'm the same way. You know, I check, you know, I'm horrible. I check my email a thousand times a day, even on the weekends. My kids, my Maddie, Maddie and I were at lunch today and she's like, why are you looking at your phone? I'm like, uh, I have no idea. You know, once again, it's, it's, I have my own business. It's 24 seven. I think about it 24 seven. You know, that's the downside of owning your own business. But if it's that's not, what I try and do, you know, I try and look at this not from an owner's perspective because our perspective is, mm -hmm. is a lot different. You, you know, our, our business is our life and uh, time yeah. is money. We always got to be on our clients depend on us and that's why they hire us. But, you know, looking at it from a worker's point of view, I definitely see the seeds of how this thing started. It It's definitely... I mean, it, it, it would be hard for anybody to argue against the fact that, by and large, employers, companies, firms are exploiting their workers now. I mean, not all of them, but I see people working longer, doing more, not getting that pat on the back, getting a paltry 3% raise when inflation is 10%. In the insurance business, mm -hmm. the owner pulls up in the parking lot with a brand new Cadillac, you know, mm -hmm. and he... He's in the office working three, four hours. Yeah. The CSRs, the account managers are killing themselves, working till seven mm -hmm. o'clock at night. They don't even get a pat in the back. So I, I definitely see where this is coming from. And I'm not sure what the answer is. I think it's going to, I think owners and uh, bosses are getting the message now where they are no longer in complete control. Well, I think it comes. Th so, yes, the answer is yes. You know, Lisa will tell you when she was, a finance person at Gulfstream, the CFO used to just keep her there until eight, nine, 10 at night, just yeah. because, you know, just it's, like, he could. it's like, because I'm so busy, I can't afford, I can't wait until nine o'clock at night to see your stuff. But, you know, there was that book that was written, you know, the one minute manager. Oh yeah. Remember that? And it's yeah. like, it's like, you know, at what point does you do, does your, problems become mine you know if if you've got the big bonus on the line and you're getting all the equity and you need me to stay late you know until nine or ten o'clock so that you know you ultimately can get your big bonus and what problem did your problem become my problem exactly the answer, right. the answer is it never did you know? <laughs> yeah but but that's the thing it's like at what and that's a great question for the heart at what point does your issue become my issue? Yeah. You know, are you where, you know, and, and, and that's where people really need to understand in their own lives and they put their boundaries around their own lives. You know, look, instead of quiet quitting, quit, quit, yeah. Yeah. quit. If you're not going to find what your life is looking for, where you're at, you know, basically I think quiet quitting is lazy. 
in a lot of ways. It's intellectually dishonest. Too. It's intellect. Well, it's intellectually dishonest. But what I think it is is that if you're not happy with your surroundings, your current environment, change your environment. Well, it goes back to, to a common theme in a lot of our podcasts, and that's extreme ownership. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you've got to own your career. And like you said, if you're not happy with your career, if you find yourself kicking back and relaxing, not not doing the extra, you know, not going the extra yard, then there's a problem. You got to figure out what that problem is. Right. And then I think it's up to you to have the courage to go to your boss and try and work it out. Just don't quit or just don't quietly quit. Mm -hmm. Address the problem, own it. Right. And then it may be that this is not the right place for you to be working. In that case, move on. Um, mm -hmm. Good friend of mine, Pete Gold, uh, retired uh, Green Bray, one of my best friends. He, he told me once, he says, you know, when I work on contract, if I find myself not given 120%, if I find myself not totally into this, mm -hmm. I find myself not actively coaching, mentoring, and instructing other Green Berets, I'm not going to steal their money. I'm going to go to the guy, the program manager, and say, you know mm -hmm. what? I'm not going to be on this rotation anymore because it would be dishonest for me to take your money not right. giving 100%. And that's the attitude I think more people have because Pete Gold owned it. Yep. No, I think it's, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, look, and but, but changing your station in life, changing your environment is scary. Yeah. It's, you know, once again, it, it comes down to what we talked about earlier. It's a little bit of courage, the courage to have a hard conversation with your boss. But it's also the courage to go, you know what, this ain't working for me. And um, I do it. Yeah, I had a conversation on Friday with a uh, a young professional, and I like him. I like him a lot. And you know, he's he's 27 years old, and he's now a principal engineer at a pretty at a very well known aerospace company. And he's talking to me. He goes, "Look, I know, you know, I know this isn't the place for me for the long haul." Like, okay, you've got some very unique skills. And this is, where, this is where it comes down to. People need to understand what their options are. I'm like, you have some very unique skills. You got a LinkedIn subscription? Yeah. Why don't you sit there and take this weekend and think about all the companies out there that need your unique skills? He is a focused expert in Sist in a certain system. Yeah. I'm like, why don't you go find the CEOs of those companies? He goes, well, should I work? Should I just reach out to HR? I'm like, no. Why don't you just reach out to the CEO? Yeah, just reach out. Hey, Mr. Smith, I am a focused expert in this. I want something different in my life. If there's an opportunity, a growth opportunity for me on your team, here's what I bring to the table. And you hit email, you hit yeah. send, yeah. send out 10 of those messages. You'll get four responses back. Yeah, exactly. It's courage. It's not HR. It's not reaching out to HR. It's reaching out to the people that can make a difference in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's owning it. That's extreme ownership. Yeah. You're he taking accountability for it. Yeah, but you know can... what it is? It's great that you talk to that guy because this is where coaching comes into play. Everybody really does need a coach. You know, I mean, I see these people out there floundering in these companies. I call them up and they're, 
They don't know what's going on. They're lost souls. They just need some direction. And then I have other people that I've placed. And of course, clients never like you calling on candidates that you've mm -hmm. placed, right? Because they're always thinking you're going to steal them away or something, which mm -hmm. is something that would be really stupid for us to do. But, mm -hmm. but, but nonetheless, there's a handful of people that I've placed with my insurance clients that I keep in touch with. Mm -hmm. And man, it's such a big advantage for them. I mean, not toot my own horn, but for them to come to me and say, hey, Rob, I got an upcoming annual review. You got any ideas? How should how should I handle it? Well, let's do some role playing, you know? And then we started back and forth. And after 30 minutes or so, the individual's like, wow, I, mm -hmm. I have a whole new perspective on how to talk to my boss now. And they mm -hmm. will go in there and get just about everything they want. And if they don't get something, they'll ask for something. You know, how to negotiate with your boss. You know, you, you ask for a raise, he doesn't give you the raise, you don't get the 10%, maybe mm -hmm. you get 5%, but maybe you get an extra week of PTO or something, or maybe yep. you get a or maybe you get a bonus. So, you know, a lot of it is these people are not trained enough because you don't learn these skills and 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 strategies in college. That's what you need a coach for. And if people have the information, if they're armed with that information, they can really jumpstart their career, man. But a lot of it is just pe people just don't know what they don't know. You know, people bingo, people don't know what they don't know. And yeah, I lived in West Virginia for five years. Loved it. Yeah. But you go to Logan County, West Virginia, where yeah, it's very rural, very remote, very, you know, coal mine oriented. People are like, well, this is the best I can get. Yeah. Well, no, it's really not. Exactly. Because, you know, look, if you change your geography, which is scary as hell. There's more out there in the world. You know, you, the, you talk about the assembly guy, General Motors in you know, Murfreesboro, Indiana, or where wherever they assemble cars. You know, they're, you know, why are they, you know, why are they on the assembly line for you know, 30 years? Because they probably think it's about the best they can get. Somebody, somebody out there told them that this is the best you'll ever be able to do in life. And yeah. it's and and that's wrong. I hate that. I I I hate to see people limited because somebody told them the best you'll ever be is a pick a pick a whatever i think people have every every person out there has got so much more within them well you know it's very interesting you say that about the west virginia thing because you know in most people can't afford a coach okay mm -hmm. particularly if you're somebody making 60 dollars a year that's why it's important to find yourself a mentor Mm -hmm. within your organization because if you find a mentor in your organization magical things will happen yep. I mean, you know this right in your career you probably always had a mentor right i always had a mentor get yep. a mentor because because maybe then that mentor will guide you empower you enable you mm -hmm. to improve your career with your company with your existing boss so you won't have mm -hmm. to resort to this whole notion of quietly quitting yep don't settle for that man you know try and get a mentor. Uh, well, I think, yeah. well, I think, yeah, when you get the mentor and the mentor is the person who may say, get the hell out of here. True too. It's get exactly. out of this, get out of this company. Cause what happens, you know, what happens? It's Pareto principle. 20% of the people in the company make, you know, 80% of the value. And what happens when you find that, what happens? You know, look, people, people go to the path of least resistance. Yeah. And what they do is they find the person in the organization who gets the most done, the fastest, and they just keep throwing more crap at them. Here, here, Joey, here, Joan, you guys yeah. rock. We're throwing more stuff on you. And yeah. eventually, you know, 
they're happy to throw the stuff on you, but very rarely is everybody, ooh, you know, Joey and Joan are really good. What are yeah. we doing for them? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, what are we doing for them? And that's that becomes the you know, that becomes the question. So, you know, a good mentor may be the person to say, Hey, look, you you know, you know, yeah. you're done. You know, you've you've reached the point in this organization that you can go no further. Go find somewhere else where you can grow. Yeah. Changing the other thing too is addressing burnout. I mean, mm -hmm. I've experienced burnout. Oh. I'm sure you have too. I'm I'm there. But that's why we're going to Saratoga, right? That's why I'm going to Saratoga. Right. So I mean, I mean, think about it. It it's interesting that you and I are going to Saratoga with another mutual friend. We're, we're going to spend four or five days mm -hmm. watching the horses, having some beers, probably talking a lot about business. <laughs> yep. But I mean, you know, it's going to be total relaxation. I mean, I'm working all day today yeah. and I'm working extra Monday, Tuesday, because on Wednesday, I'm going to be all caught up. Now, of course, we're still going to get phone calls and emails, but basically I'm going to be wrapping up some stuff because I need to relax and you can't re relax if you're still working 18 hours a day. So. You know, so my wife was asking me last night, she goes, why are you driving? to Saratoga. I'm like, well, I'm gonna go see Rob and I'm gonna pick him up. And that's six hours. And then it'll be another six hours to Saratoga. She's like, why are you driving? Why didn't you just fly up? And I'm like, yeah, here's the real answer. I will get in my car Wednesday morning. And I will turn on Pandora. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And I will drive for six hours. And I will think it will be quiet time. Yes, and it will be me time, and it will be just, and then yeah, like you know, and then obviously good conversations on Thursday when we're heading up. But you need that. Yes, exactly. the bound and 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 look, the boundaries of the quiet quitting is not just the job, right? Exactly. Job, it's family, it's kids, exactly. It's yeah. soccer practice. It's I got to go to Costco. I got to do it, you know, and it's like you, I got to get the grass cut, and it's every minute of every day. People are like. I just need some time. But the right answer is not just throwing up your hands and going, hey, I'm 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 at this job where I really have no control or I feel like I have no control. The yeah. real answer is, hey, look, set boundaries for your life where you know you can get a, a mutual benefit. Your like yeah. your 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 employer, if you set a if you set a boundary with your employer, they'll respect, I think they'll respect it. But yeah. you gotta, but you gotta set the conversation. You have the conversation. I think you're. I think you hit the nail on the head, Craig. Setting boundaries is the alternative to just quietly quitting. So, mm -hmm. so how do people get a hold of you, Craig? Anyways, well, don't get a hold of me this week. Um, <laughs> 910 is a phone. It's a Craig at com. Um, you're on LinkedIn I'm, too, right? I'm all over LinkedIn. Just follow me. Send me a LinkedIn request. I'll accept it. Good, um, man. Well, it's uh, all good. yeah, I appreciate your feedback on this on this topic. Quietly uh, quitting, but uh, I'm not going to be quietly quitting anytime soon, and uh, uh, particularly over the next few days because I'm going to get everything finished, so you and I and uh, everyone else can have a good trip. So uh, until Wednesday night, man. Have a good rest of the week. You do the same. Be safe. See you, right, See you in a couple of days. Thanks, man.
I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.